Hello, welcome to the Brood Life Podcast. I am your host, Brandon Hall. So grab a cup of coffee, plug in your headphones, and let's have a conversation. Welcome to today's episode. Uh, today we're going to be continuing our series through the Enneagram and we are moving uh, to the type seven and we're going to uh, be able to talk to my friend Brenda who is also a returning guest on the podcast. So this is going to be the third episode in a row that we have returning guests as we move through the Enneagram which I think is fantastic. Uh, we're going to learn about the type seven. Uh, this is a type that everybody thinks is fun and the life of the party and just super outgoing, which is all true and can be true. But what you will learn as we have our conversation today is that while that may be true, there's a lot more depth and a lot more to uh, someone who is a type seven than just being the life of the party. So just to do an overview of the type seven, uh, this type is the social butterfly extrovert of the Enneagram. This is the type that a lot of other types wish they were, again, because they don't know anything usually beyond the surface level of what a seven looks like, so everybody wants to be the seven. They are constantly looking for the next fun and exciting experience. They struggle with uh, FOMO, which for those of you who don't know what that means, fear of missing out. Uh, and always want to be included in everything, even if they don't show up or have to uh, bounce to 50 different things in the same day. They're always looking for the next fun thing to do. They tend to uh, avoid pain, fear, and the hard stuff of life by escaping into pleasure and fun. They tend to reframe every bad or negative experience into something positive and can sometimes be unreliable or non-committed because they're always thinking ahead to the next big thing. Uh, adventure, which uh, if you know a seven and know them well, you'll know that a lot of times they'll do big events or parties, but sometimes they're not completely there or they have a hard time remembering what happened because even when they're at this fun thing they've been looking forward to, they're already thinking of what the next thing is that they can do to have that experience. So, and, uh, you know, we haven't really talked about like their core weaknesses and that kind of stuff of each type but you'll hear Brenda talk about gluttony and that is uh the core weakness of the type seven is gluttony and what that really is is just they feel this great emptiness inside and they have this insatiable desire to feel fill themselves up with experiences and stimulation uh whether like she said will say in the interview it doesn't necessarily have to be experiences it can be food it can be drugs alcohol uh, anything that's going to fill that void and, uh, and and just do that in hopes of feeling completely satisfied and content. They're looking for satisfaction and contentness. So uh, again, I'm excited to have Brenda back on here. I think this is a great conversation. If you know a type seven, you'll learn a lot more about what's underneath that service level. So 
uh, enjoy this conversation and I will see you in a few minutes. everybody welcome to today's episode of the brood life and today i'm excited to be talking to my friend brenda about the enneagram type 7 but before we get into discussing what that looks like i'm just going to give brenda a moment here just to introduce herself to those of you who don't know who she is hey brandon uh, thanks for having me back again on the pod it's always a pleasure to chat with you um, as you guys know my name is brenda I am an Enneagram 7 wing 8. Um, I am almost 43 years old. My birthday's coming up and I um, am single, no kids. I've lived in Fort Wayne for about six years. Uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to having them talk today. Awesome. So uh, just to kind of get started, why don't you just tell us how you first learned about the Enneagram? years ago I started listening to podcasts um, and became a podcast junkie basically um, I started listening to that sounds fun with Annie F Downs and she had talked a lot about the Enneagram she talked to like almost every host they talked about it a lot um, and then after that I took a test of course to see what was a what it was about and then um, she had a lot of stuff and then there's this episode from the popcast that did like a enneagram one through nine but they related it to fictional characters um and at that point like it was light bulb moment as far as um you know relating it to something that was a little bit like less deep was super fun and made it a lot more i just understand it, understood it a lot better especially with the rest of the numbers as well too just so we know uh, the Fresh Prince is a type seven. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask which one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but since then, I listen to like, it's mostly podcasts. Um, and then, of course, the Enneagram Institute, but uh, Enneagram Journey, Typology. Um, Annie F. Downs does her um, Ennea Summers, and she still continues to talk about it. Um, and then anything that comes up, I know I learned a lot from the Sleeping at Last 7 episode, because um, that was a couple hours and a super big deep dive as well. Um, so that just really helped me understand um, a lot of different aspects of it. So. so as you were listening to this podcast and stuff, and you mentioned the Fresh Prince, uh, yeah. but what was it that uh, help you figure out exactly what your type was like oh I know for sure I'm a type seven yeah well when I did test I did test as like a two and a seven so it was fairly simple to like essentially go that route but when you first look at a seven it's obviously a fun number and everybody looks at it as a fun number so it's not necessarily hard to grasp I know there's other numbers that people um you know, look at as a little bit more bold or, you know, like a three and an eight, they have a little bit harder of a time accepting their number. But the sevens, on the other hand, um, are considered the life of the party. So it's really not hard to accept that. <laughs> um, but what resonated with me the most is more so outside of just the fact that they like to have fun, um, but the idea of how they escape feelings. 
So the sevens have a lot, um, they like to escape their feelings and they do it in um, like overindulgence, um, which it becomes like food, experiences, shopping, it could even be drugs and alcohol, you know, anything that someone would use and escape um, when it comes to their feelings. So, and also when we feel deprived or trapped in pain, that is also something that just I related with, you know, we do, we crave satisfaction. Um, and we're also like looking for something to just, like we constantly don't feel satisfied. So we're also looking for just fulfillment and we find that in multiple different ways. Yeah, no, it's good. And how has knowing that you're a type seven and knowing those things about the type seven that you resonate with, how has that been beneficial in your life and relationships? Uh, figuring out the motivation behind my responses, I would say to my triggers has been the biggest thing that it's helped me with. Um, you know, I love traveling, planning parties, um, parties in general and anytime anything that brings like a joyful experience to myself or really anybody um so that is kind of what um when i'm having a hard time that is essentially how i feel that so i'm constantly planning how to feel good um that being said, anytime that there's like major life altering changes um i can behave pretty erratically. For instance, um, you know, I've moved a lot. Uh, I went from Chicago to Detroit, back to Chicago, to Columbus, to Fort Wayne, to back to Columbus and back to Fort Wayne, all in my adulthood. So like in the span of probably 15 years, I did a lot of moving. And most of those were like, um, I felt trapped in a job, so I quit and I left and I moved. Or I had a breakup and I quit and I, we broke up and I moved a couple weeks later. So a way to, um, and I never really understood that part about me. So it was one of those things that, you know, why am I constantly looking for the next best thing? Um, and understanding that we, um, we just have to, like, I just have to work through those feelings basically. And, um, that's kind of where that goes. So, um, but all that being said too, is that it, um, recently understanding the Enneagram and understanding my motivations behind it, like even within this last year of, you know, being at home during the pandemic or whatever, like I was ready to move again. I was like, I can't handle this. I want a new life. I'm leaving. I started looking at Nashville and I was ready to roll. <laughs> but knowing that that is kind of a pattern with me, um, I was able to reach out to some friends and just kind of like walk through that and have just like some examples. Like at one point I went to my brother's and worked from my brother's house rather than just staying at home. He lives outside of Chicago. So just doing things like that, that doesn't mean I necessarily have to get up and move um, has helped me just wrap that up a little bit. And, and you kind of already like talked about this a little bit, but what has uh, it helped you learn about yourself as you discovered your type? You mean as in? Um, like, what have you discovered about yourself? Like, uh, is there anything that you've learned about yourself as you have learned that you were an Enneagram 7? Yeah, I mean, I would say uh, probably the 
um, even when we are known to also need like constant, we're in the thinking triad, so we need mm -hmm. constant stimulation. Um, when it comes to jobs too, I've switched careers a lot. Um, and I realized that, um, that usually it comes to when I am, um, feeling trapped in something. Like if I learn something really quick, we learn really quickly. Um, and then I'm gonna get bored. So, and usually when that boredom comes in is when I start feeling trapped, like I can't get out of a situation. So finding new ways to stimulate my brain has helped um, as well. You know, just trying to figure out what the next step is to like, I talked to my boss about it. This is a good example of like being able to um, have a conversation of understanding that when I feel trapped, that that is when I want to leave. So letting my boss know, like, you know, if I get bored, that's kind of a trigger for me. So if I feel trapped or if I feel bored, I'm going to want to leave. So, you know, having those conversations with her, we are constantly like rearranging my job description. So she's always giving me more and more um, task to kind of keep my attention grabbed. Um, does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, no, it's good. And it really is, I mean, uh, when it comes to spending or, you know, like eating or just wanting to just party all the time. <laughs> and it's usually because I just don't want to think about stuff. So like I can put band-aids, like I don't want to think about anything hard or have any conversations about myself. I can have plenty of conversations with other people about what's going on with them. But as far as myself, I don't like to necessarily bring up those hard feelings. Yeah, no, that's good. And I think that even though our motivations are different, that's how us nines and sevens are similar is that we tend to find things to cover up the hard stuff so that we don't have to deal with it. Yeah. Uh, and I've talked about this like in the small groups that I've done, but uh, sometimes when we look at different types, we can put them in boxes and say, well, oh, this is what a type seven is. This is what a type three is. The, you know, that person's such a, this type. And uh, even though their motivations may be the same, a lot of people in the same type may look different. So like thinking of that, is there something interesting or different about yourself as a type seven that others may not know? I think, um, again, going back to they always think that seven's a fun number, but we're not necessarily always on. Uh, and I think that that's a common misconception too, is that we, I personally love to be around other people and I do not mind having a title of life of the party, <laughs> but um, there's a point where you like, you almost don't know enough is enough. Um, and then when enough is enough, you still keep going. And then I personally have to retreat. So a lot of times, maybe, I don't know if it's that way with sevens, but like similar to a five, we'll say they have to just have quiet time and decompress. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes when I'm constantly, you know, like we, I will, um, if I'm, even if I'm having a bad day and I know that I'm going to a uh, house with people or parties or whatever, like I'll pep talk myself and get all pumped up so I can like put on a happy face and go into this party and have a great time not talk about anything that's going on um but that can be really exhausting so like when you leave sure. 
feeling that way, um, you just have to then pull back and retreat. And then you just kind of continue to shove feelings down deeper, which is even harder because then they explode. <laughs> so yeah, I would say that is that people have that misconception of me personally of always being on and being an extra, extra people person. Like, and I love people, but I also need time by myself. Yes. Yeah, no, that's good. And I think that you're right. I think that is a very common misconception with sevens mm -hmm. that they're always like you said, always on, always going to up to have a good time, always, yeah. you know, going, which can be true. Like you can yeah. be go, wanting to go from one party to the next, but uh, eventually it catches up with you and you yeah. need that time to decompress and kind of re refuel yourself before you go on to the next adventure or the next yeah. thing. Yeah. Uh, what would, what would you say to somebody like they're just discovering the Enneagram just figure out they're type seven and maybe have that misconception like, oh yes, I'm a type seven. I fun. Everybody wants to be around me. What's some like advice or points points that you would give to someone who's just discovering they're a type seven on the Enneagram? I would say really look past the surface of the seven. Like you said, the fun portion of the seven and figuring out your motivations because gluttony is a real big thing and it can come in a variety of areas. And if that is something that triggers you, you know, um, or if that is something of how you uh, medicate your triggers, we'll say, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. you need to like essentially look past just the fun of why you're, why you're escaping it. So really dig deep and really understand like, or really try to understand like what causes you to go into that state of like, I just got to get out and be with people, you know, really, um, looking at the unhealthy side of the seven too, not just the fun side of the seven, you know, not just like, we we're always having a good time. Um, because there are like, we are extremists essentially. Um, and it, it can be very drastic and it can be very draining and you have to, it's just, you don't want to just excuse everything, which is the same with any type. You don't just want to be yeah. like, Hey, I'm seven. That's why I do the things that I do. You know, you really want to use it as a tool to help grow, you know, like me being in the same house for six years, which is the longest I've been somewhere in my life, you know, or staying at the job that I've been at for two and a half years, you know, that has under changing what, um, or really understanding why I'm doing these things has helped me ground myself and not just and use it as a tool to grow. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's really good. And I think that that is, uh, I mean, it's really something for everybody, no matter what their type is to, mm -hmm. to like, as you're like, it is, like, that's what the Enneagram is. It's a tool yeah. for growth and not just like, it's important to figure out who you are and where mm -hmm. your blind spots are and that kind of stuff. But if that's all you do, then you're missing out on what the purpose of the Enneagram is, is, is yeah. growing and, and becoming the best version of yourself. I think that there's so many types that are the opposite too of like they look at all the negative portion the yes. side of your their type and they're like we got to change all these things um whereas us we have all these great things about sevens but we don't necessarily want to do the hard work to realize why we do the things that we do so i think that that's kind of different from the other numbers is that it's a real positive number um but there's still room for growth obviously so yeah, so uh, thinking about relationships, mm -hmm. uh, 
with if someone is married to a type seven or in a relationship or works with a type seven how what's some like advice or something that you could give to those people that would help them love the sevens in their life better we don't i mean i personally don't like to feel <laughs> feel negative <laughs> feelings i like i'm constantly looking for obviously joy and satisfaction and um completion um so when we don't feel that way um we want to avoid it uh but if we are feeling that way to let us feel um because a lot of times when we do get to that point where we are feeling a lot they can usually be really really big feelings and feel almost of like a dumping or an unleashing of feelings um so just let us feel and not try to necessarily fix us sometimes we just need to vent and get it out and be heard um and the other thing is probably not on the flip side of it is not letting us always run from our feelings you know mm. encouraging us to work through them but not force us to talk about them like if someone's gonna force me to talk about my feelings i will completely shut down so you have to give us time and you have to give us space but also encouragement and a safe place to have those conversations and to let us feel. Um, uh, the other portion of us is we love to dream. I love to dream big. Like I love being a part of like brainstorming meetings or, um, you know, getting exciting about like, I have this great idea. I have this party, I have this fundraiser. I have this, whatever it may be, this big vision that I have. Um, we really like people to match our level of excitement whatever that may be so if i come to you and i'm like brandon we got this great idea i think we should go on this vacation and then you come at me with all the things of why we can't go on that vacation <laughs> it is like taking the wind out of my sails and i feel defeated you know and then then it goes back into that feeling bad and you just want to shut down and then that's it so i think um those are the two biggest things it's not forcing us to feel um but also just knowing that sometimes we just can't talk about it you know this is an example which again it's not probably the most healthiest version of the example but as you know that my other brother i have three brothers and we know two of them are also sevens i was going to um one of their houses and it was right before we were doing a party and i had a rough morning and i was sad and i clearly didn't want to talk about it and i clearly needed to like get ready for this party do some cleaning do some setup and my brother came to me and he looked at me in the eyes and he saw my look in my eyes and he turned around and he got shots so he's like here you go and he gave us just shots of alcohol <laughs> and then we moved on about our business and we never had to talk about anything and that is just an example of like he saw it in my face and he knew he didn't really necessarily need to talk about it right then, but he wanted to like, just kind of ease the pain, let me know that I was, you know, seen and then we moved on. So it was fun. So. Yeah, no, that's good. That's good. And I think that, uh, well, you're talking about the level of excitement. So as a nine, if you came to me and said, let's go on a vacation, I would be like, okay, cool. I'll do whatever you want to do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but what is, what do you think is a way that, like say you did have this big plan for a vacation and something you wanted to do and you were really excited about it, but maybe there were some realistic things you weren't looking at. What yeah. is a way that somebody could like support and match that excitement, but also be help you be realistic about it at the same time? 
I think at the, like the initial conversation, um, that's a great idea. Awesome. I would love to go on a vacation for you. Let's talk about that later. You know, like totally get like, almost like you would match the excitement in the moment, but not necessarily bring up all of the bad things again. Like almost, let's talk through this another time. That's a great idea. Uh, let me think about it. Yeah. Or I would love to go on vacation with you. Let me think about it. You know, like still matching the level of excitement, but not immediately disregarding it. If that makes sense. Yeah, no, I think it makes sense. And I definitely uh, understand that because uh, I like, again, I have different motivations, but if I like voice something and I'm excited about it, but if I'm immediately shot down, then like that keeps me from, for me, that keeps me from like sharing that excitement again, like that puts up a wall there and like, okay, this person or this group, like I can't share my excitement about an idea or a plan again because I know they're immediately going to sh shoot it down whereas yeah. they if it was them they would probably never even present the idea before they thought through all the realistic aspects yeah. and yeah you know like my wife is a one she would think through all the like realistic things and like have a checklist for all the things that need to be done or why this couldn't happen and uh and like you said I think that that's good is to be excited in the moment and say I like that idea. I love that idea. Let's talk about this later. And then yeah. that puts everybody like in a different mindset when you're having a conversation later so that you're not feeling like somebody's popping your balloon. Yeah. There's also like you learn that about people too, who you can go to when you're really excited about yes. something. You know, yeah. Like, yes, that's a great idea. There's definitely people in my life where I'm like, oh my gosh, you're going to listen to this. And then there's people that I just don't even bother. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it depends on what it is. So. Yeah, no, that's good. Um, out of everything that we talked about uh, before we wrap up, do you feel like there's anything else that we missed that you think people should know about the type seven? Um, probably there's a couple things. I would say if you do have type seven friends, um, you know, the pandemic, I, speaking for myself, I would say it's probably the hardest on the sevens, but that's just a guesstimate. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> but we don't have, like, the pandemic essentially was really hard for all, for all of us. Obviously, it's still going on, and it's still really hard, um, but when we, when you take away people, travel, experiences, everything that feeds our soul, um, we just were left feeling empty with no way to escape. Um, so I just like check on your seven friends when you know that something might be difficult for them, um, you know, cause it hasn't been easy and I don't, can't see, it's not going back to normal anytime soon. So we constantly have to find different ways that feed our soul that isn't online shopping or yeah. ordering Uber Eats. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. So just check on them and be there and listen and, um, you know, just give them, like I said, my, a friend of mine that knew that I was having such a hard time was like, okay, we need to figure out something, how you need to get out of the town, get out of the house, get out of town, you know, and I did something that was still safe. I still went and went somewhere else, um, and stayed home, but it was just a different scenery. Um, so yeah, just, you know, don't always put that expectation on sevens that they have to be on all the time. 
you know, don't, um, and then just check on them, you know, yeah. and encourage them and, you know, and plan a trip with them. Cause I'm sure it would be the best trip you ever went on. <laughs> it's true. It's true. <laughs> so being a seven and last question, go yeah. to a local coffee shop. What oh. is your drink of choice? Cold brew all the way. I love a good cold brew with a little sweet cream. So yes. nothing really else other than that. Nitro brew is really yes. good too. Um, yes. It just has a lot of caffeine and it makes me a little jittery. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I, my... I've had a lot of caffeine because I like an hour later, I'm speaking light speeds. <laughs> <laughs> Those yes. ideas will come flowing out of my brain. <laughs> yeah, I'm digging the uh, pumpkin cream cold brew at Starbucks right now. So good. <laughs> add a little bit of vanilla to it, a little extra Ooh. vanilla, a little sweeter. It's so good. I'll have to remember that. Awesome. Well, thanks again for coming on and just sharing with us about what a type seven looks like. And uh, hopefully this will help other people who are type sevens or know a type seven. Thanks, Brandon. Thanks for listening again this week. I hope you really enjoyed that conversation with Brenda. I know there may have been a couple of little technical difficulties with some sound there you may have heard one of my children in the background because that's real life recording podcasts at home in the middle of a pandemic so uh it is what it is but I hope you enjoyed it I hope you got to learn a little bit more about the Enneagram type 7 and how they tick and that there is more depth to them than just being the life of the party so if you are a type 7 and feel like this helps explain you and describe you and someone would benefit from hearing this so they know you better or if you know a type seven in your life that you think would benefit from hearing this conversation please feel free to share this episode with whoever you think would benefit from it you can find this on social media on facebook and instagram under the brood life and if you haven't already please go out to your favorite Uh, platform for listening to your podcast and subscribe to the podcast rate and review and that just helps boost us to get us out there so that more people can listen to us and benefit from the same conversation so thanks again for listening this week and i will see you next week as we finish up the enneagram with the type eight and type nine talk to you soon